0: Seventy-seven WABC, entertaining and informative. This is Sit and Friends in the morning. Seventy-seven
1: WABC. Friends. We have just released for the international media a video footage from a UAV, and we are going to release additional intelligence. Basically, a conversation that was intercepted between various terrorists, where they themselves, unknowing of the fact that we were listening. confirm that this was, that they understand that it was a rocket that misfired. And as the time goes by, what we've done, and it took us some time because we wanted to be sure of the information before we say anything. We went through our own systems and first confirmed that we did not fire at that location and that there was no our misfire. Then we checked what it could have been and we, we collected intelligence from various sources, from all of our systems. We listened to what the enemy was saying, and we checked the fire control system and saw that indeed there was a barrage of rockets that was fired by the Islamic Jihad towards northern or central Israel, and at least one of them misfired, which is a common phenomena when it comes to their rockets. It misfired and then landed on the ground and exploded. I believe
0: that gentleman's name is Jonathan Conricus, an IDF spokesman on CNN, confirming that rocket that hit the hospital in Gaza was fired by Hamas and not the Israelis. But uh, the world will tell you differently. In fact, Hezbollah has called for a day of rage today. Just like they called Hamas. Actually, it wasn't Hezbollah. Hamas on Friday, last Friday, called for a global jihad Today it is Hezbollah calling for a day of rage for our eighth consecutive day we go back to Jerusalem Alex treman, who's done an amazing job for both me and noam every morning j n s dot org is standing by Alex good morning. I assume you guys are okay everybody's safe right
2: good morning yeah we're we're hanging firm.
0: All right. Well, the big story today is this, you know, Biden arrived in Israel this morning and there's a lot of conjecture as to what he's going to say. I think the fear is, is that the president and the Americans are going to do the same crap, basically tell you guys to restrain, hold back, blah, blah, blah. But but for what it's worth, Biden did say that from what he's learned and what he sees, he believes it was a Hamas rocket and not an Israeli rocket that hit that hospital. So it's really a two-pronged question. A, I'm sure you're very happy with what the president said, and B, despite what he said, what kind of day are you guys in store for?
2: Well, we don't know what kind of day we're in store for over here. You know, Hamas, Hezbollah, Jihadis around the world calling for a day of, of rage, but we haven't yet seen any indications of that yet so far. There could be more, but uh, perhaps... Uh, the the Jihadis are are choosing not to further insight while the president of the United States is here. Uh, you know a lot of indications, not only that it was in fact a Hamas rocket that hit the hospital, but that it actually didn't even hit the hospital, that it hit the parking lot uh, near the hospital, uh, that the hospital itself was not damaged, and that it wasn't a mass casualty event. So what you're seeing is that not only uh, was the Hamas missile, uh, the cause of uh, damage inside Gaza, which is becoming a regular occurrence, the IDF reporting that uh, over 450 rockets have misfired and landed in Gaza since the start of this outbreak, but that the entire scenario was a complete and total fabrication, a a fraudulent narrative uh, meant to accuse Israel of uh, humanitarian disaster and war crimes, and, and not even one element of the story was true. So
0: 500 are not dead. Are there any dead? What are the what are those numbers look like?
2: We're not seeing any indications of a mass casualty event there at all. You know, it's it's uh, and you can't you can't get accurate numbers from Hamas. You know, within within minutes, you, we saw reports on, on CNN, New York Times, elsewhere that Israel struck a hospital that over 500 were dead. You know, think about how long it took Israel to figure out how many uh, of its civilians were dead. Uh, in the wake of Saturday's massacre and how long it took to get information about all the hostages that are currently inside of the Gaza Strip. But within moments of an explosion, which was caused by a Hamas rocket, uh, immediately 500 innocent civilians uh, were dead from a a strike on a hospital. That was actually a misfire that landed in the parking lot outside the hospital.
0: Alex Trayman, JNS, uh, I believe what you just said, uh, not nearly the amount of number, if any, died. And this is the propaganda they use, the psychological warfare from that horrendous, and I mean horrendous, video we saw yesterday with 21-year-old Mia Shem, again, just two years older than my daughter Ava, Uh, into this story today they're going to start doing things like this all the time and it does work because for example Biden is in Israel today as you know Alex meeting with Netanyahu then he was going to meet in Jordan with some of those leaders and they called the meeting off because they think Israel which is backed by the United States bombed innocent civilians in the hospital so there are friends in the region the Arab friends that buy it and that's exactly what Hamas wants
2: Well, I think that cancellation of the meeting in Jordan was actually a very positive sign, uh, an indication that the Jordanians and the Egyptians and Palestinian Authority Chairman Mahmoud Abbas understand that the primary objective of that meeting was actually going to be to, to drive open a humanitarian corridor. Uh, to the south of Gaza, along the Rafah border with Egypt, and to, to let uh, those that want to flood out of Gaza make their way south of the border, uh, and that's not something that they are comfortable with. They don't they don't want to see one uh, Gazan land on their soil. They don't want any of them out of there. They're, they're more than happy to to let them stay in, uh, and and suffer whatever fate they may uh, during the Israeli airstrikes and, and potential ground incursion, um, and. And it's clear also that they understand that they cannot pressure the United States to make Israel uh, stop its attack. And and while we've heard Biden's statements when he's been here and what he said about Israel, it's also really important to listen to Netanyahu's statements. Uh, And in particular, again, during this meeting with Biden this morning, he keeps saying that this is going to be a long and drawn out battle. And, And it is clear that. He keeps communicating to, to Biden that there is going to be a ground incursion. And, and the fact that uh, Biden is not uh, rebutting what Netanyahu is saying and you haven't heard him one time say that this needs to, to end quickly. He hasn't said that yet. Uh, so I, I think it means that, that he, he is on board with the Israeli plan.
0: The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com.
2: Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice.
0: Maybe. um, I I don't trust him, but maybe you're right. Either way, Netanyahu has a set of big ones. You know that. And he's telling Biden what he's going to do. And... Let me remind folks who may not know this, Netanyahu was on the phone with Putin yesterday the day before, and he told him the same thing. He said, uh, hey, Vlad, baby, we ain't stopping until they're all dead. So clearly Netanyahu is not intimidated by anybody, whether it's the United States or Russia, because he's told now both Biden and Putin over the last couple of days, we're doing it, and we ain't stopping basically with your blessings or not. You got to love that about him, though.
2: You know, Netanyahu has been the prime minister of Israel now for sixteen years. He's the longest running prime minister in Israeli history, and he's not just the leader of Israel; he's a world leader. He has sat in countless meetings with multiple American presidents. Uh, he he's met Vladimir Putin in, in Moscow. He's met Xi Jinping. You know, this is a, a world leader of of top caliber, and he's not intimidated. By these moments he he understands Israel's interest and he feels the burden of the state of Israel on his shoulders uh, and I, I honestly can't imagine how any other prime minister prime ministerial candidate in Israel would be faring during these moments because you have to imagine that the the pressure <laughs> right now is yeah. so immense. Yeah. But uh, Netanyahu, you know, he, for, for better or for worse, he's, he's the man of the moment, and, and we we're all I think Israelis are all hoping that he, he steps up to the task.
0: I hope so. I mean, when this thing first happened, there was a lot of criticism, and deservedly so. Netanyahu, the Israeli defense folks, that they were able to pull this off, and you know, they were still collecting bodies, and we were already counting how many days Netanyahu had left, and folks like you up saying, guys, 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 look. Uh, The heads may roll. They may roll, but right now it's about you know retribution. Right now it's about annihilation. And I wonder if, in fact, Netanyahu can save the day. If, in fact, Israel does what we think they're going to do, can he save the day? Can will Israelis come to his defense, even though we know what happened two weeks ago? Never should have happened.
2: Whether they come to his defense in the aftermath of this really doesn't matter. Uh, what, what matters now is that, is that Israel takes care of business inside the Gaza Strip. But I think another component here is that we just don't know uh, whether or not the, the northern border will erupt. We don't know if this conflict will get much larger and potentially even include uh, attacks on Iranian nuclear infrastructure or how many fronts there might be or whether an intifada uh, starts to erupt inside Judea and Samaria or Jerusalem and other mixed cities here in Israel and and if any of those scenarios come to pass it's not going to be a question of who has the guts to order the strike Israel's not going to have a choice uh and and if Israel's forced into into massive action the hope is that there will be a a victory that could could rival the the stunning victory uh in 1948 and in 1967
0: You know, Alex, the question I get asked most the last couple of days is about the incursion. I don't have any answers. What the hell do I know? You know, I I keep telling everybody it's because of Biden because I hate Biden. I admit that I'm transparent, but I don't know. Maybe Israel is collecting more information. We know that if and when the Israelis go in, it's going to be brutal. They're going to suffer immense casualties. Immense. There are booby traps everywhere. You know, I spoke to Aaron Cohen yesterday on the show, Alex. He's a special ops Israeli guy. I know you know who he is and hostage negotiator. And, you know, he's really confident that Israel's ready to go. And he mentioned all these groups and all these intelligence folks. But, you know, I, I, I just don't see any scenario where, even in victory, the Israeli people don't suffer huge losses, so maybe that's why they haven't gone in yet. I don't know. Do you have a theory as to why these troops have been amassed now for a couple of days? I know they're practicing. They're practicing. Why aren't they going in?
2: I think you're right. The, you know, the battle plans, specific battle plans, were needed to be drawn up. They needed to be distributed. One could definitely argue that those battle plans should have been built up uh, before this happened, but uh, they, they've been working intensively. Uh, not only on battle plans, but also on gathering intelligence, trying to figure out precisely who participated in Saturday's attack, uh, figuring out how to start geolocating them, in, in addition to all the other uh, senior leadership of Hamas that didn't didn't actively cross the border on Saturday morning. They're trying to locate uh, the hostages where they are and, and figure out uh, how they could possibly get in and, and rescue as many as possible. So there are n- numerous reasons why uh, Israel has been cautious before uh, putting the foot you know, on the pedal. They want to make sure that when they do go in, that the number of casualties will be reduced to the absolute minimum, that the objectives will be met as efficiently as possible. But then, of course, with uh, the visit of, of Joe Biden, I think it was potentially wisely decided – uh, to to just wait until the president leaves the region before embarking on the ground incursion. But the longer you wait,
0: in terms of the hostages that I'm still uh, horrified over, Mia Shem, elderly people with no medicine. We talk about this every day. Elderly people with no medicine, babies with no formula. The longer you wait, whether they kill these folks or not, some of these folks are just going to die. So if 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 the The importance is on the hostages, the longer you wait, you may collect more intelligence, yes, but the longer you wait, the more people are going to die. So what it really says is, if we're going to be honest and have an honest conversation, while they would love to save every hostage's life, all 250, the impetus right now is not on that. It's on how can we get in there, take over, annihilate these people, and not lose thousands of servicemen. Is that a fair assumption?
2: Correct. You have to make certain that Hamas is never able to take another uh, hostage again. That's because that, that's their objective. That's what they're trying to do. They, they've done it before. And and, and, and didn't you didn't tell me a story,
0: uh, sorry, but didn't you tell me a story that you had a friend who was a, a, an IDF soldier and he told you that when an Israeli army person witnesses a bad guy taking a hostage, that if they can't kill the bad guy, then they have to kill the hostage, because if you don't, now you've given the enemy leverage. Didn't you tell me that?
2: Uh, That's correct. Uh, And and not only that, but, uh, you know, you you start to hear uh, some of the stories that are coming out from all the funerals that are taking place. We have over a thousand funerals this week alone uh, of dead Israelis. and, And you hear father's putting their, their daughters and sons into the ground saying, uh, you know, thank God that you were killed and that you weren't taken hostage because taking hostage is just a much worse fate than have being instantaneously killed during, during a terror attack. So yes, uh, you know it's it's a horrific, horrific situation, and it goes to, to demonstrate the barbarism of, of Hamas. And as Netanyahu said, you know this is a this is a war between civilization and barbarism, and it's up to the people of the world to decide what side of this conflict they want to be on.
0: Last one in terms of the rockets being fired, the bombings, uh, you know they've hit just about every region, north, south, central Israel. Any new activity today? Because right now, where you are, it's about uh, three o'clock in the afternoon.
2: Yeah, there's been nonstop rockets. Uh, The rockets that were fired late last night, they were long-range missiles. They were intended to make it all the way to Haifa, which is all the way towards the north of the country. So they were the longest-range rockets that HaMas had tried firing to date. Um, in this conflict. Fortunately, none of them reached their targets. Uh, and, and one, of course, uh, is one of the 450 that that have misfired. And, and the reports are that even in the last days, the number of misfires is, it continues to rise. I, I saw that uh, over 12% of the missiles that were fired just yesterday misfired. Uh, but Yes, Israeli population centers, particularly in the Gaza envelope and the city of Ashkelon, which is just uh, maybe 10 miles north of the Gaza border, have come under continuous attack, and uh, residents continue to have to run into bomb shelters.
0: Alex, once again, uh, tremendous work, and uh, I end it the same way every day. Just be safe. I mean, that's my main concern is that you and, and all you folks in Israel uh, are safe. And, um, look, if we can do it again tomorrow and you're up for it, We'll do it again. You've had eight Emmy Award-winning performances on this show, Alex. So uh, let's do it again tomorrow. Be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, pal? Thanks so much, Sid. You're welcome. Alex Treiman, JNS.org, live in Jerusalem.